0: Health is not just about being disease-free. It's when every cell in your body is bouncing with joy. The human body is a marvelous machine, and we all need to do everything we can to make sure it functions properly. Hello and welcome to my podcast Unapologetically KK. My guest today is Dr. Shifali Warma, who is a partner and medical director of the Institute of Biophysical Medicine in Dubai. Hello, Dr. Shafali. Welcome to Unapologetically KK. Hi, thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. I am so fascinated about this this area of medicine that you practice, and I have been reading up about it, and I am really looking forward to asking you a lot of questions and understanding (laughs) this better, and hopefully coming and seeing you as well. So let me start off by talking about your personal experience with functional medicine in terms of what got you to explore this field of medicine because you obviously had your own practice prior to getting into this. Actually, I
1: uh, <clears throat> trained in conventional medicine in the UK. I was mm-hmm. always going
0: to be a doctor.
1: Uh, my parents are both doctors and, you know, I found it, you know, something that I was involved with very early on. Um, I trained as a doctor. I actually lost my father in my final year at medical school. Sorry to hear and. That. Um, having been the patient's relative Mm -hmm. while he was in hospital for so long, it really changed my opinion of, you know, and the fact that he wasn't saved. We couldn't do anything even though he was in the environment that he had worked for 30 years, surrounded by so many doctors. We weren't able to save him. Um, That really changed my opinion on, you know, lots of things relative to conventional medicine. Um, Having finished my medical degree. I then um, did my residency and uh, I decided that I actually wanted to take some time out. Um, I was very much into sports, but I didn't want to necessarily be into conventional medicine in the sense of seeing sick people all the time. I found that very difficult. I related to the relatives a lot. I felt like everyone was a bed number. I felt like our priority shifted from who's going to die first, who's, you know, yes. as opposed to looking at people for being people, you right. know. And so the next thing that I thought was close to medicine was to go into sports medicine. Mm-hmm. So I did my master's in um, sports medicine. I was the only girl, uh, youngest um At the time. And I thought, what's the worst that can happen is you might tell somebody they're not going to be able to play their sport. Right. You know. So having done that, my professors were all part of the British Olympic team of doctors. Mm -hmm. So I got very much involved in that field. And, you know, we did sports medicine. I did a lot of events. I worked at the... um, Commonwealth Games in Manchester, I did a lot of the marathons, being doctor, worked with a lot of boxing. Um, and then I got interested in body composition, right. you know, what people looked like. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people came to me to like get leaner and so on and so forth. And then, you know, I realized that, so what you are on the inside is actually going to show up on the outside. So in a sense, the healthier you are on the inside, the better you're going to look on on the outside. Right. Um, in that time, I wasn't sure whether I wanted to go back into the conventional medicine. I was enjoying sports medicine. And that's actually when I met my husband Mm -hmm. and my husband was a a strength coach working with a lot of athletes. Um, and he had done a lot of outside the box, uh, training in terms of uh, musculoskeletal medicine. Right. So he actually made me get back interested into the sports medicine in a different type of field. And he introduced me to a strength coach called Charles Poliquin.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Charles Poliquin is probably one of the most successful strength coaches in the world who unfortunately passed away this last October. Um, And I basically was introduced to functional medicine through him because we used to look at body composition and talk about where we could change body fat on the body related to hormonal change. So if there's something going on, you know, digestively that would affect, say, hormones, women would tend to hold a lot more fat in their lower, their legs and their tummy.
0: Is that what's happening to me? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. I found the answer already. Great. This has been, this has been amazing, you know, so I'm I'm just joking. It's, it's fascinating. And, and what you're saying makes so much sense, but functional medicine is not something people are familiar with it's it's a growing uh, arm of of medication of medicine and people i guess don't they don't know or they don't come to
1: you first yeah i mean i definitely wouldn't say that i'm someone's first uh protocol i would be probably someone's last so people go to a lot of the conventional doctors they're looking for answers they're smart now. So the people read, there's a lot more stuff online. So they mm-hmm. read and they know themselves that they're not happy with the answers. So they are, you know, searching and through their, you know, searching, I guess they come across looking at functional medicine or integrative medicine, I like to call it, because integrative medicine is integrating all the systems together. Yeah, You know, and that's what I would probably call myself much more is an integrative medical specialist where we integrate everything. There is for me, I still refer to conventional doctors. Sure, you know, if there's, an, uh, if there's a, a need or if it's an acute, I need to rule out certain things. I will, I will refer, and once I refer, um, if they, you know, it's all ruled out, then I'm happy to see them and treat them. But right. I think the most important thing is to be safe, and that's kind of what I try to be, so I can sleep at night. So I don't want people to have false hopes or anything like that. I try and treat accordingly but it's a very practical way functional medicine is very practical it's very logical a then b then c then d then e so can we go back to a Mm -hmm. and let's fix a let's just not fix the d that you're presenting me with you know and that's the whole sense of what
0: functional medicine or integrative medicine is in this day and age now uh so functional medicine basically treats the underlying cause of a problem and not just the obvious symptom and what my my research shows is that you are trying to look at where this problem is started rather than what the problem is.
1: Is that correct? Yeah, no, that is correct. I mean, I think when somebody comes to visit a functional medicine doctor, they've already looked at all the obvious things. That's why they're there. So okay. the other doctors have looked at all the obvious things. They're not happy with the answers. So it means that we need to dig deeper. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, we will look at, we will investigate, you know, possibilities look for root cause. So part of the treatment with functional medicine is the investigation process where we're actually looking for the root cause and then treating the root cause to have an outcome. So we're not necessarily treating the symptoms just Mm -hmm. for now. Mm -hmm. We want to actually treat the symptoms forever. Yeah. You know, and possibly even, you know, fix some of these problems that maybe are deemed unfixable
0: in some ways. Why haven't more people heard about this? I mean, it is... so is it new? And, you know, why aren't more doctors recommending or specialists recommending that we go see a, a functional medicine expert because they need a, a more thorough investigation? So
1: in, in universities now, in what we're taught, functional medicine is not a part of it. Mm-hmm. So this is follow-on training. You kind of, I believe you need the baseline trainings of what pathologies exists, you know, what are, you know, diseases, all that kind of stuff. But they haven't incorporated functional medicine as a possible, you know, it's not a specialty on its own. It's a way of looking at patients. So it can be integrated in any specialty per se. It is growing. There are more people looking for it. There are doctors who are not happy with the answers that they're giving patients. Mm -hmm. Would I say it's new? I mean, I think it's been practiced. I just don't think it's gained as much popularity as it has now. Now everybody's looking at it far more. Maybe because of the internet, maybe because people can share their stories, there's a lot, you know, it's easier to get your story across the world now, I think. Right. Whereas maybe, you know, 20 years ago when there were maybe, you know, no computers or having that sense of what the internet was, Mm -hmm. maybe it wasn't as popular then. But it is gaining popularity. I mean... My entire clientele, I would say, is a word of mouth. Like, right. I've built my clinic, I remember, uh, from a half day mm-hmm. in clinic mm-hmm. to now, you know,
0: full days. Well, I have a confession to make. I started reading up upon, uh, on this subject when I was going to interview you and found it absolutely fascinating so i called your clinic you? for an appointment saying oh you know what can i see the doctor tomorrow which was yesterday and they said she's fully booked up till the end of the month and i only have two slots available so well Sorry. it is growing <laughs> you are popular and i have to come and see you Anytime. i was like maybe i can talk to her when i see her <laughs> tomorrow so yeah, I'm booked into seeing seeing you at the end of the month. But I really, really believe that I'm a prime and perfect candidate because what frustrates me with regular doctors is you go there and you have a symptom, which is not like maybe a physical symptom that you can show, like a cut or a broken bone, you know, it could be a headache, it could be like a just not feeling well. I I for a very long time, I started to get very dizzy when I got into a car. Um, and when I would go to a doctor, they would do the regular tests and they'd say, you're fine. Almost making you believe that you're going crazy. You're imagining these symptoms. You're, you know, you're like a hypochondriac. There's nothing wrong with you. Which is such a disservice because the person really starts to believe they're going crazy. Yeah. And why wouldn't a doctor at that stage recommend, if they can't find anything through your regular test, recommend that you go to see somebody who has experience with functional medicine?
1: Because I don't think a lot of doctors even know. They they also, the hard thing is, and it's hard to say it, but, you know, medicine has also become a business here. Mm -hmm. And I think when you start to become commercial and it's about how many
0: patients you get, it starts to be less about them and more about you. But shouldn't you want to treat your patients? Doesn't that mean that you're going to get more patients? You should
1: want to treat your patients, but people are afraid. They are afraid to lose patients or have someone know. It's not, it's how we look, human nature. You Mm -hmm. know, human nature is, it's going to look like they know more than me. As opposed to, I think it would be brilliant for a patient to get their answers no matter how they get it. If you are the one to say, you know, I refer you to this, this person's really good, I don't have an answer for you. Mm-hmm. Every time they have a question, you will be that person that they will exactly. ask. Exactly. But we're unfortunately short sighted. You know, we're short sighted, we're small minded, we look through a small, you know, straw as a big, a big, you know, scope. Scope, yes. Your scope of, yeah. You know, and I think that's why it becomes difficult. I think. I think conventional... And the other problem also is is that we are very specialist-driven. You know, you have an earache, oh, go
0: and see the ENT. But you do you recommend have. to go to a specialist, so why not, if you've been to everybody, I would say the ethical thing to do would be to say, okay, you know what, like you're saying that you're not the first... Um, doctor that someone would go to, but definitely the last for a lot of your patients. So if you've gone to your GP for several years and they just can't fix it and you keep having this recurring problem that you've been to specialists, why not recommend? I mean, as I said, I've never even heard of this field of medicine.
1: But not everybody goes, number one, not everybody goes to a GP. Right? So mm-hmm. not everybody goes to a GP. Like I said, they have a tummy ache, they'll go straight to the gastro. So the gastro will look at everything through their gastric, gastro lens. Mm-hmm. You have an earache, you go to an ENT. You know,
0: you're, you're fine. They're not But you do think, have an ache, even if they can't find anything wrong. Totally. Yes, you do that's have true. an ache. I mean, what I'm saying is that some of these doctors make you believe that you are imagining the pain because it's not they visual. Can't it, yes, and they
1: can't figure it out. Look, I do think it's growing because I would say in the last... Two years, I have had a lot of referrals that have come from medical practitioners that I have not met, mm-hmm. but they keep referring. That's that's amazing, and you that's know, and that is growing. Yeah, that definitely, I would say is growing. And they have tried to contact me and said, "I like the way you practice. I'd like to be able to send you some patients. I'd mm-hmm. like to know more about it. Would you be able to tell me where I can study?" Look, it is growing for sure. We're not there yet.
0: Yes, but yes. it is growing. I did see that that it is growing and. Because a lot of doctors are moving into this themselves, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and so because one of the things that I read was was, uh, uh, a gynecologist decided that she would not practice, uh, you know, and have a regular clinic because this is what she wanted to do. So she would only take on patients who had problems that could not be solved by a regular gynec. And, and... uh, running her practice full-time was not allowing her to be able to practice mm-hmm. the functional medicine side of it. And so she decided to give up her practice and move into functional medicine, you know, to help people because she felt that that was more uh, of a need at this point than there were there were enough regular gynecologists, you know, to handle normal deliveries and other problems that could be fixed. Yeah. Um, so, so that's encouraging. I, I, I wanted to ask you what types of diseases can be treated with functional medicine?
1: I mean, I think the, uh, the question should be what cannot be treated with functional okay. medicine? Because really every, again, it's not a specialty on its own. It's a way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. It's a way of looking at one patient with their history. It's, it's, it allows you to ask patient to get to know them mm-hmm. in the first consultation from birth till now. So you learn about their timeline so that you could see it. Different aspects of their life where things may have gone wrong, Mm -hmm. which is a buildup and accumulation has resulted in where they are today. Right. I'll tell you things that I see a lot of. I see a lot of digestive health problems. I'm known for that, Mm -hmm. you know, from from early on. Gut health is the root cause of most, if not all, diseases. Yeah. So if you have an imperfect digestive system, mm-hmm. suboptimal in whatever way, it will, it will, over a period of time, mm-hmm. your timeline, will result in something. right? So I see autoimmune. I see a lot of things related to, like, diabetes and inflammation and high blood pressure and rashes, migraines, mm. uh, infertility. I mean, really, there isn't anything that I don't see. I see a lot of people actually come in and they just want a health check. Yeah. So one thing that I promote a lot in the clinic also is preventative medicine. Right. So I believe that after the age of thirty, everybody should have a full medical. We should mm-hmm. know what your bloods are looking like. Yes. And the reason isn't to see whether it's in range or out of range. It's to see over years where where is where am I trending towards. Right. So if I'm already, you know in normal today and next year I'm normal but a little bit higher and the year later I'm normal, a little bit higher. Well, I mean, what are you doing in your lifestyle that is making that higher every year? Let's stop that.
0: Right. I don't need
1: to wait for it to be out of range. Yes. So I encourage people to do full medicals, to get a sense of what are they doing well and what are they doing not well and what could they do better.
0: Yes. I, I had a staff member who came, uh, had high blood pressure last year and one of the biggest things that came out of that was he was so upset with himself. So it affected him psychologically saying that, you know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I think I eat healthy. Why did this happen to me? He was so angry in a way with his body to say that this shouldn't have happened to me, you know. And then he started to drive himself crazy saying that, why am I not able to beat this? And am I going to have medication for life? And I was like, you really have to first treat yourself and then start to understand because at this point, your your problem is is quite severe, you know, and it's going to create a lot other, more other problems for you if you don't handle this one. But I, I saw the effect of of that one thing on him and, and he carries that with him all the time to say every time he eats his tablet, he 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 literally questions himself to go back and think about why did this happen to me? What did I do? When did I do it? And, and like you're saying that something you could have been doing for the last 10 years or 15 years of your life will, will happen to you today. And you won't be able to pinpoint to that particular thing that you've been doing regularly. And because you've been doing it regularly and if nothing has happened to you, you won't even think of that as the cause of what you're suffering now. You will think about what did I eat in the last week or the last month? You know, what, uh, did I not sleep enough? Am I stressed out at work? But it's all going to be within a very short span of time around that, that problem exactly. that, that's happened to you. So what you're saying is that you start
1: way back. Yeah, oh, yeah, I start at the beginning. I mean, I tell people this. I do a lot of talks at <laughs> seminars. I do a lot of, like, wellness programs for corporates. And when I hit 40, one of the things that I decided to do was to educate a lot more on the consequences of stress. Mm-hmm. Not saying you're distressed, but what does that mean? What, how does the body break down? What actually happens to the digestive system, to the adrenal system, to your immune system? Mm-hmm. Why does it break down? So people start to take it more serious earlier. Right. Because I, I definitely think in the corporate, you know, world, people, because everybody around this table is stressed, this becomes the norm. Mm-hmm. But what they don't realize is that you're all stressed, but you all get sick at some mm. point. How do we prevent disease? How do we look at, you know, anti-aging, as it were, yes. is to actually look at all these things. So this gentleman you talked me about now, he's got this, he's already, I mean, A, he's not helping himself because stress is actually the silent killer Mm -hmm. of all. But even if we were to look at, well, if he's taking this situation to this extreme, think about all the other situations in his life up Mm -hmm. until now, Mm -hmm. to what extreme might he have taken? That you can end up also then going back to, okay, well, what was your, you know, growing up like? Right. What was your family situation like? What was, you know, do you have parents that are still together? I mean, I go into emotional traumas. I tell people I have, you know, three tissue boxes in my room. Mm. One, because tears happen often. Right. Two, in case that tissue box finishes while the tears are happening. And three, as a safety.
0: Because, a backup. Because because you need a backup the em- of the backup.
1: Because you know, you can be not sick conventionally, mm. but you can be not well. I agree. And the emotional journey for somebody who's not well but not sick is actually more traumatic in some ways because there are no answers, like you just mentioned to me before. And those people, when they're like that for a long period of time, it has consequences. It does on the health. It does. On on actual organs, on physiology. Hmm. And you need to learn, understand that physiology to be able to help someone. And so, when you start to show them that, no, you're not crazy, hmm.
0: you see the light and the yes. hope. And without hope, you have nothing. Well, just having a doctor that says that, you know, I understand what you're going through is a big step forward because being told that what you're feeling is not real is a scary place to be because you just think, I can feel this pain, I can feel this discomfort, but no one believes that I have it because my tests are not showing anything. Um, So as I said, there are psychological effects to that and those psychological effects over the long term have physiological effects. It's like a vicious circle. But it is because everything is connected. No organ works by itself. I totally you know. agree. Yes. And that makes so much sense, you know, and I'm just, it's, it's annoying and it makes me angry to think why is common sense not used as commonly as it should? I mean, why are more people not talking about this? Why are more doctors not doing this and telling patients that your well-being is my first priority, not just to make sure that I've cured your symptom. And then you come back to me a year or two later with something else, because I created that mess. You know, I I sent you away without fixing what you were saying you were feeling and now it's gotten worse. You know, I think instead of I mean, I understand your frustration,
1: but instead of being angry at the other doctors, which is what a lot of patients who I see, they are upset at their doctors. The one thing I try and tell them is that they just are not aware that there's another answer, number one you know, who knows, maybe if I hadn't lost my dad the way I had done, if I'd stayed in conventional medicine, I mean, I might have been one of those. It's that my journey took me somewhere else. You know, my story took me somewhere else. And theirs hasn't. And I think the key thing isn't about what they're doing wrong. It's actually for us to be able to create awareness that there's another way of thinking that maybe we should integrate and incorporate. And one of the things that I learned very early on was that if you ask enough questions, the patient will tell you what's wrong. Right. They actually have the answers. Right. It's for you to be able to interpret what they're telling you. So yes. it's it's all about communication. And one of the things that I feel lacks because of the way healthcare is now is time. And one thing that we as integrative medicine practitioners do that unfortunately doctors in the, you know, different, you know, institutions cannot do is provide time.
0: Well, that was one of the things that I read online to say that, um, your, your functional medicine expert should give you an appointment time of 45 minutes to an hour. That's how you, you know, because there are a lot of questions in the first session when you have your first consultation. If they're not asking you all of those questions, then they're not doing it right. Is that true? Yeah, it is true. I mean, I, I typically actually have half an hour, but um,
1: I've been doing it for so long that I, I really know how to drive my questions. And often, yeah, I will have five extra minutes or 10 extra minutes. And most of the time I try and stay on time. There are times that I am delayed. Sometimes we see very sick patients um, who it is extremely complicated. Um, but the first consultation is about me getting to know you. Yes. And that means everything. I mean, I ask everything. And and. Most people are actually, by the time they see me, Mm -hmm. they are excited to discuss everything because they actually start to see the, you know, all these things, how they interact. And, oh, yeah, that kind of makes, oh, maybe it did start then. Oh, I never thought about that, you Mm know. Mm -hmm. Um, And because of these questions, sometimes they don't often know the answer. But the next time they come, they'll be like, you know, you asked me that. Mm. I was sitting and actually, that's what happened.
0: But right. they couldn't put the connection they together. It out, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. And
1: so you get more and more. It is, it's a relationship. You get to know your patient. You get to know, you document everything. I mean, I think two days ago, I put a post up on documentation because the first time you see a patient, I write everything down. We have a goal. We have, you know, um, a plan. And then as they get better, they forget what their original complaints were and their goal was. And then they have new complaints. Mm. And then they're like, oh, no, but I told you this. I'm like, no, you didn't hear. Look, let's go back to like, you know, 6th of January, blah, blah, blah. And you see their face and say, oh, I didn't realize I, you know, didn't say that. So like, you know, you really get to know the patient. You document and you document because people, when they get better, they forget. Yes. So when you then start to encourage people also to appreciate their journey and appreciate their mini successes, hmm. because these are all part of life, you know? Yes. It's all the same things. The same things I advise my patients are the same things that we should really be looking at doing in any journey. Like you got to look at appreciating your mini successes. Stop, think about it, tap yourself, pat yourself on the back move forward. But yeah. because we live in such a fast life that moves so fast and this has created a lot of convenience, a lot. Of, this is why this generation is getting so sick mm. compared to like our parents generation and, th- you know, different. It's a, just a different ball game now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much to deal with right now with kids, uh, you know, in terms of the it, electronic media and the food and what we're getting and and it's just too much information and it's just difficult to navigate that as a parent as well to say you know what is the best thing for my child and to add on that if you are unwell you and you're not doing things properly you are stressed and you are not sleeping well and you're not eating well obviously that's going to impact your family not just yourself so there are a lot more things to consider. And and I think just having somebody to talk to makes such a big difference. It's not therapy, it's just somebody who's telling you, I think I understand where the problem is. And then, you know, once you fix that, it's, it's amazing, because I was reading somewhere that the body is an exceptional machine, and it is meant to function optimally. If it's not functioning optimally, you are doing something wrong and you should get it fixed. So it's not about, you know, obviously waiting till you have high blood pressure or diabetes or broken bones or, you know, any major disease. If you just don't feel like I'm full of energy, if you don't feel like I can do the things that I need to do to get through my day by being happy and full of joy, there's something that's not working.
1: I say this to my patients all the time. If you do what you keep doing, you're going to get what you keep getting. You'll only know how good you can feel when you feel it. Until then, this is all you know. You're not exactly. going to be able to compare it to anything else. Exactly. But what is optimal often people don't look for, which is which is also okay. I mean, you know, if you're fine. But the body is extremely adaptable also Mm. and it's amazing. And the one if I was to say one negative thing that I would say about not necessarily punctual medicine, but this whole allied health of alternative medicine is that I think people also are a lot have become a lot more scared. Mm. You know, so they're more fearful. They're people like, oh, I can't eat that. It's it's you know not organic, hundred percent of the time. Or I shouldn't brush my teeth with this water. Or I shouldn't. And as much as yes, it is totally right. In ideal situation, yes, if you can, you know, negate all these things, mm. do it. But the body is still amazing, it and is. I think we should not be so fearful all the time um, that it becomes more stressful because you can't control it, that the stress is the silent killer. Ultimately, that's going to kill you. So this fear factor also that has been now created over the last, like, so many years in terms of health anxiety, Hmm. that also needs to be toned down, I think, a little bit. And that's where I like, I feel I'm a little bit different in that I do speak to conventional doctors. I do refer, I do, you know, I don't badmouth any doctors. I don't know. I look at a patient, you've come to me with this. This is my opinion. This is how I would look at it. Yeah. You know, but you know, if I don't know something, I think we need to figure out what's best for
0: you to see who is best for you to see. Let's find this person you know yeah, but it's just having that way forward more than anything else because it is something that you haven't considered and when someone look finds it and says you know what i think this is what the problem is go to a specialist yeah it it makes sense rather this than someone telling you you're so not even you know you, you what you're feeling isn't even there. real yeah, That, I think, makes you think, am I imagining things? I think that is really, really my biggest problem is that, you know, you are not feeling this pain. You are not feeling this, you know, you're not feeling unwell. You're well. And then you want to feel well. Who wants to feel unwell? Yeah. No. Like, I mean, why would you want to go to a doctor to say, I have these problems when you don't? I mean, I had a
1: patient yesterday who came to see me and basically went to see a doctor and they said, look, I think you should start antidepressants. Ooh. And then when we test her, I mean, she's got lots of stuff going on. They wow. just didn't know to look for that. Yes, yes. You know? So I don't think we are we should be telling anybody um, unless they've seen a tri- psychiatrist and they are, you know, it, it's a danger to themselves or their family. And there mm. are those people too, you know. Yeah, of course. But I, I just feel like communication and how we, bedside manner, as it were, I feel like could be improved in some situations. And I think we don't realize what people say, how it has an impact on other people. Whether it is in the doctor's office, whether it is at school with children and school moms, you know, in general, I think people do not think long and hard enough of what they say, how they say it, and how things can be interpreted if not said correctly, you know? Um, and I, I mean that generally, in general yeah, terms. Yeah.
0: And also the impact of what you're saying can have on someone else so because true. I feel like a lot of people are say what they want to say, and it's more of an opinion. And they disguise that as care. They disguise that as the truth. I'm just telling you the truth. If you don't want to hear the truth, you know, well, that's your problem. I, I think no one asked you if you're, if you're saying something that's impacting someone negatively. Totally, That's the most important thing you need to think about. And unless you are a family member who is really concerned for that person's health, honestly, it's just an opinion. And also, I
1: think that, you know, everybody has a story everybody's going through something. Exactly. Perception is, you know, now in this day and age with social media, there's a whole load of false perception, but everybody has a story and we don't know everybody's story. So I believe in taking the benefit of the doubt of most people. Don't say something to someone else if you can't hear it yourself. You know, I think it's really important to think like that. I mean, I have twin girls. They're fraternal. They're two different children. Yes, Mm. they're twins by birth, but they're two different children. Right. First day back at school, a teacher says, oh, my God, you've grown so much. Oh, my God. But aren't they twins? How come she's grown and she hasn't? I mean, you don't say that to the children. You know, you don't say stuff like that. You shouldn't. But you're trying to have.
0: People do, but you
1: shouldn't. people say it, not because they're trying to be mean, but it's actually about them. You see, they felt they needed to say something after New Year's, not seeing the kids. They felt they had to have a conversation. They had to say they didn't have any. So they can't just say Happy New Year. That's it. Let's have our conversation. People feel like they have to say it, you know, and that's what I feel with doctors. Doctors might feel in, in doctors who upset patients because not all doctors do is that they they don't know how to end it. They they're not, even though we're taught to say, if you don't know something, say you don't know, it makes you a bigger person. I remember yeah. that so clearly in my medical school because that keeps you safe. And I tell people, I will not give somebody something if I cannot give that to my mom. And that's how I keep safe. Yeah. If I'm able to give that to my mom happily, I know I won't want anything to happen to her. Mm. It's about safe doesn't matter. It has but that to make comes sense. down to
0: empathy. I think understanding it from another person's point of view to say that, why am I saying this? And if I say something, especially if it comes from people that you look up to, teachers, doctors, you know, you don't want them to say things. If a doctor tells me I'm overweight, I'm going to think about that for a very long time, whether I'm medically overweight or I'm not, or he, they're just m- making an observation of what they think, you know, I should be. It it will impact me whether I want to or whether I don't want it to. It's a comment that's going to stay with me a lot longer than the two seconds it took him or her to say it. So that has changed
1: for me. So when I lost my dad, my dad was in a coma for 18 days. Um, and then in that moment, I really changed my opinion of doctors per se because they're no longer god. Mm. I respect them, but they're no longer god because they don't have all the answers. They were not able to save my dad. Mm. And I think when I now who we think are our mentors or people we respect, we should respect we should respect everybody. You know, nobody should be able to say anything that upsets you. But the timing has changed now. And again, I think it's because of you know, the rise of the internet, people are searching for questions, they have, more. we are allowed to ask questions. Whereas I think in our parents' generation, Mm. we almost weren't, whatever you say, I'll do because you know more. Whereas now people come in and people feel disrespected when they're asked so many questions. Whereas I don't, I feel like the more questions you ask and if I can answer you and convince you, I've done my job. But if I really can't answer you, something's missing. That's a new school of thought
0: though and that I is do a new agree school, with you but it
1: is changing so again it, it is we're at this cusp of a change in generation that when you when one gets upset, the only person I know this sounds very airy fairy but the with this whole rise of stress and what it does to you I feel like the only person when they're upset the only person that they're harming is themselves mm. so it is changing one's mindset to say okay I'm obviously not getting the answers that I want. How can I search for the answers that I want and move into that direction and one will find those people, yeah, and there are more people happening now there there's so there are people who are asking when we are when I ask every sort of six months we go through a you know a clinical you know where are we getting patients from and I would say up until say two years ago. I would say a good 95% of my patients were word of mouth. In the last year, it's changed to an extent that we get calls saying that we were looking for a functional medicine practitioner, we went online, your name came up first, and, right. you know. So it's it's changing. Yeah, you yeah. Know? people
0: are looking for, you know, more options, and they are available to them, um, and, and research plays a big part in that. People are not ready to take, you know, Just a anything. doctor's word for it to That's say it. you're you're crazy or nothing is wrong with you. If they don't feel right, they will go and find someone who is going to understand. And people what are they're questioning going
1: through. medication now. People are questioning a drug is it it has side effects. Yeah. Do I really need to take them? People are having a lot more responsibility of their own health. So yes. should I really be taking this? Should I look and is there another alternative before I resort to this? Tablet.
0: Because Do you feel that they're more well-informed when they come to you? They know more or they have done some research about at least their symptoms, even if they don't understand their problems? I mean, I would say like, I, I would say about 30% have. Yeah. You know,
1: and 70% not so much been word of mouth so they've come. Somebody's had the similar problem and so they're there. Right. But 30% have said, you know, search to put me on a statin, but you know, I've read about statins and I don't feel like I should be on them. What's your opinion? I want mm. or you know, I've just been diagnosed with a thyroid dysfunction and da. or I feel like I've had a thyroid. My mom has thyroid problems. I've got all the symptoms. Did right. my bloods, but it's normal. Yeah, I want a second opinion. Okay, you know, so people are definitely reading and researching more, and but that also Dr Google's not
0: necessarily the best doctor either. no, that's the worst you know if you go by an online or you google your symptoms, you should be dead. yes, I mean, like every symptom you put in comes back with a multitude of, of diseases you, you could be having. That's
1: why you still need to see somebody of who's course. well-versed. If of you're an course. expert in business, I'm not going to go online and do a business course and suddenly become,
0: you know, a businessman. It's just not yeah. possible, Yeah,
1: you know? And that's the same for every specialty.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely dangerous. The online doctors who you put in a symptom and then, you know, there's your solution or that. I, I don't know how people do that. I mean, why, why do they do that? But that is what actually upsets.
1: The doctors. So it, there's a difference between, so if we're looking at two doctors and you're looking at a doctor who is happy to answer questions and you have a doctor who's not happy to answer questions, it's the same as the patient. There's a patient who will go to Dr. Google and have a multitude of questions that they've asked because of Dr. Google. And then they go and visit the doctor with these multitude of questions that have come from Dr. Google. Hmm. So that is also annoying to the doctor who right. you're sitting and you're being like, first you visited Dr. Google. You got all these things. Now you're coming with me and I, I have to spend all my time trying to like, say why it's not X, Y, and Z. That's right. that's how it all started with, now I don't want to answer your questions. Right. You see? So we got to find a good balance between patient and doctor, but both sides.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what kind of, after your first, first consultation, what kind of tests do you, is it just the regular test that you would have with so, traditional
1: medicine? I mean, testing is very individual. So the one thing that I would say about functional medicine is it is very individually Tested for mm-hmm. so two patients can come in with exactly the same symptoms, but based upon their history, will actually change the way I investigate that patient. So the testing is not the same. There's some that we do the same kind of blood work, but it's how we interpret it is different. And there are some that is totally different where we send to the UK and the US, where they're actually functional medicine labs, right? You know that look into you know whether it's stool testing comprehensive stool testing different kinds of testing we do a lot of food sensitivity testing we do urine based testing that looks at metabolites in the urine for various different you know symptoms and diseases i mean it is different yeah you know yeah. we don't we we have a huge array of like tests that are not conducted here as well and it is all individually decided depending on that patient in that
0: particular moment And I read that the interpretation of those results is also different. So you could take your test results that you've done through functional medicine and then go to a regular doctor, and they would interpret it completely differently than a functional medicine expert. I mean, just like, let's, for example, look at a range in
1: in blood. So we look at a range, the range could be, I don't know, zero to four. Mm -hmm. And you see a conventional doctor, it looks, it's not highlighted, so they don't notice it because it's normal. It's, say, 3.8. Mm-hmm. Now I will look at that and say, you know, for me, that's in the high, who's to say that this range should have been 4 and not 3.7? Right. So you're in the high normal range in some things, but actually, you know, something's going on here. We mm-hmm. don't need to wait for it to be highlighted in red. Uh, so in a range, as in, like I was saying, you could, you know, look at those things and it's how you look at it. But look at it with the symptoms. So hmm. you're not just a piece of paper that's highlighted red or green. Your piece of paper with the patient, with the symptoms, it's looking at everything collectively. Yeah. Now, if you've got no symptoms, and it's within normal high, like, okay, let's
0: just watch that. Yeah. But if you've got all the symptoms and you're high, well, that's relevant. And high in relation to you're still within the normal range, but more towards the the higher. But you have all the side. symptoms. So,
1: should I just wait for another six months?
0: Yeah. For it to go into
1: the. To treat you? No, I'm going to treat you now. Yeah. Because you've got all the symptoms. I treat you. I don't treat your paper. So, what kind of treatment do you receive? Is it what kind of medication? Again, and- very different. I very rarely prescribe. The mm-hmm. one thing that I do, I very rarely prescribe. There are times I've prescribed antibiotics. There are times that I've, you know, um, prescribed hormones, mm-hmm. but very rarely. Most of my advice will be lifestyle management and nutrient-based. Right. So h- nutrients, herbs, you know, changing the probiotics, way you eat, how you eat, what you eat, Yeah. you know, those kind of things. But I do use a lot of nutrients. I mm. test for deficiencies. I supplement supplements a lot right. uh, within the rain to keep them in. The, but I test correctly. So I don't just test everything that's in the serum. There are certain things I'll test in the red blood cells because we want it to reach where it needs to. Yeah. So looking at what's yeah. in the blood often doesn't matter if it's got to reach a cell. Um so we do a lot of treatment. I do a lot of gut health related stuff where specific supplements to heal the gut lining if need be. I mean, you know, thyroid, you know, might be nutrients to help conversion of different thyroids, adrenal support, uh, you know, relatively, you know, trying to be individualized depending on the patient. It depends. Again, two people can have exactly the same thing and I will supplement differently. Yeah. You know, because your history makes me allow me to know you. You may not be somebody who would be able to say tolerate this. Yes. But this person may be able to tolerate
0: more. But it all comes down to everything being connected, and therefore the chemical makeup of your body is different, even if your symptoms are the same and what. You may be lacking in certain places. Maybe completely different from what someone else is lacking in.
1: Correct, and you may have gone through a different journey to re- to, a, to reach, reach here. here. Yeah, and that person's gone through a different journey to reach here. Your support priority may be different. Right. You know, we talked a little bit about you know therapy, but sometimes I can do a lot of work with your adrenal function, mm. but I can't do your therapy. I'm not a psychotherapist. I right. will refer you to a psychotherapist. That's so work on need. this. Yeah, with this. Yes. Collectively. Yes. But you need some, you need
0: to put some, invest some time on that frame. But that makes so much sense to me because what you're saying is that if, I did not come to somebody like you. I could just go to a psychotherapist, but still not be able to fix my problem. Correct. Because I still need additional supplements to kind of balance well, maybe... Well, I mean, the damage is done, right? Yeah. So
1: whatever's happened to you, mm. the damage has been done. So technically we need to support that organ with whatever we need to support, but you still need to get out of the rigmarole
0: of where your mind's going by seeing someone to support you on that front. Right, right. So... What what I have here is it says that if you do decide to go to a functional medicine practitioner, you need to spend more time understanding what you're really feeling so that you can explain it to your doctor. Um, if they are not physical symptoms that have come out in, in tests, but you're still feeling something, then you need to be able to understand really what you're feeling. You need to be able to answer questions about yourself, extensive questions, and whether you are also ready to change your lifestyle, because like what you're saying, it's not about taking a pill and feeling okay. It's not a quick fix. I mean,
1: I had someone five years ago, and if she listens to this, she'll know it's her. She called up the clinic and said, I want to lose weight. Can she just give me something quick? And I said, don't say no and don't book her in. And I saw her for a few years, actually. And mm-hmm. she, we always laughed about that because... We're not a quick fix. That's not going to be happening. Plus, the time I see people with chronic diseases, which means they've had things for a long period of time, or it, it's a result of a lot of accumulation of a lot of things. Mm. And just yesterday, someone said, look, I've worked at this for like 100 days. You know, I've, I'm 50% better, but I, you know, I, I'm still not there. And I said, well, how long had you been feeling these symptoms? said, like 36 years. So wow. I'm like, if 30, can I said, so can you multiply 36 years by 365 days and tell me how many days and tell me what percentage of, you know, of work have you actually done relative to how rubbish you felt and what percentage better have you felt in this time and have mm. you ever felt that before? Yeah. And then enough said. Yes. You know, we're so, we're, we're that population that wants a quick fix and wants to forget how long you've suffered from. But if you want to do something naturally, mm. If you want to do something so it doesn't come back, mm. it takes time. Yeah. And that's the one other negative thing that I would say that people might perceive, that it just takes time. And it can be expensive because testing is not cheap. Mm. And a lot of the, some of the tests are not covered by insurance because they, they don't, they're not aware of it. Because right. the doctors that are in the insurance companies are not aware of functional medicine. Is any part of your uh, process covered by insurance? Depends on your insurance. So we're we in our clinic, we're a paying claim facility, but our nurses deal with all the insurances. We write all the claim forms. We write medical reports if needed. A lot of our stuff can be covered, and I think it's probably because obviously my license is also a GP, so I'm medically qualified, right? Um, and a lot of the testing we do is the same, but it's interpreted differently, so it gets covered too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. And if you're logical and you're not just a business, then anytime somebody says, well, can you explain why you're doing this test? Yeah, you know, I can give you a thousand reasons why I'm doing this yeah. test, you know. So yeah. it just takes a little bit more time to get it covered. But certain um, insurance companies won't
0: cover. So my last question to you is, if you had just one piece of advice to give, what would it be? I mean,
1: one just one. one piece of advice. Yeah, on what? On like functional medicine. On functional medicine how to live a healthy life? So it's a little bit longer. So one of my mentors used to actually say to me, to achieve health, there are seven things that you need to do daily well. Mm -hmm. So it's eat right, drink right, sleep right, poop right, think right, talk right, and move right. Mm. And that encompasses... What you take in to the body, how you socialize, how you deal with stress, how you exercise, and how you detoxify. Right. If you could look at, if you could spend time in looking at each individual seven aspects of what that would mean to do it as well as you could or improve on those things, mm. improve on one thing at a time, improve on all seven things a little bit often, every day you will be technically a little bit more healthy. Better. Yeah. Healthier. Healthier. Yeah. Right. And, and that's the goal. And that's the goal is to be the best version of the person you could be. Yes. You know, and if you could look at all those things, um, that encompasses for me mm-hmm. is how I look at things are these seven daily multipliers. Because the more you do them, the more they multiply you. And I think if you could envision all of these and say, could this be done a little bit better? Could I spend this month? You know, doing and stacking. So I do this well, now I'll jump mm-hmm. onto this and do this well. You will be healthier. Nobody has to change everything every day, seven days in a row. But if you change, I tell people this okay, if this is stressing you out, stress is the silent killer. Do it three times. Three times a week is almost 50% of your time.
0: Yes. Big change. It's how you look at it And that motivates you to want to do better It's not having that goal I'm going to do it seven days a week It's about I'm going to do what I can Because that's going to be better than what I am doing right now
1: And it's all about improvements It's all about improvements And it's all about the small The baby steps in the right direction The most important thing is to have it in the right direction There you have
0: it baby steps in the right direction. Thank you so much, doctor, for talking to Most us welcome. and for telling Thank us about you. this. And I will be seeing you, yeah. soon. <laughs> See you soon. There you have it. That's Dr. Shafali Varma talking to us about functional medicine. And everyone have a healthy and happy new year. Thank you. This is Kanchan Kulkarni saying goodbye for now and speak to you again soon.